Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. We begin today with the latest on the proposed National Pharmacare Program. This is a topic that will affect every single Canadian at some point in your life. An online consultation is underway to get Canadians' views on this subject. You can make your feelings known by checking out the survey at www.letstalkhealth.ca slash pharmacare. Dr. Eric Hoskins chairs the advisory council that has developed the online survey. We know that there are millions of Canadians that are unable to access their prescribed medications because of cost, issues of affordability, and what that often leads to is worsened health and these individuals showing up at emergency departments or in hospital or perhaps dying prematurely. And so it makes a lot of sense for us to work together as provinces and territories in the federal government to see how we might be able to reach consensus on delivering those medicines in the most effective way to the greatest number of people. You have been on this file, I think, for a few months now. I understand that one of the things that you have done is help to design uh, a bit of an online consultation package that has now been put out uh, for Canadians to look at. That's right. So we're reaching out to Canadians right across the country uh, to get their perspective or, uh, and, and uh, get their good advice on what pharmacare should look like. Uh, there are many, many patients across the country. We're meeting with them uh, because they are best placed, really, to share their experiences and the challenges that they faced in getting medicines and affordability issues. Uh, we're actually going to every single province and territory. Well, in fact, I've already been to every single province and territory and I've met with every health minister, but we're going back to those same provinces and same territories uh, to meet with uh, citizens, residents, uh, political uh, officials, uh, as well as uh, rather elected officials, as well as uh, bureaucrats and officials in the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Finance, uh, and then many stakeholders as well. As you can appreciate, this is an issue that's important to a lot of people, so we want to make sure that we get it right. I have heard a price tag on this. I wonder if there are dollars that exist in in different budgets now that would be applied to this if it was adopted, and whether or not uh, then you'd look and see whether or not additional funds would be required. Well, that's that's kind of the work of the council. In fact, so apart from figuring out what pharmacare should look like from a policy perspective, we also need to understand how to pay for it. Now, the great thing about national pharmacare is if we uh, can develop a national pharmacare program by uh, being a single purchaser or fewer purchasers, we'll be able to actually get better prices for the drugs that we're already using. So Canada... uh, pays about 40% more for its drugs than uh, all of the sort of comparator countries, if you will, other Western developed countries. Uh, The only countries in the world that pay more for their drugs are the United States and Switzerland. And so we can find ways through bulk purchasing, for example, to save a lot of money. The parliamentary budget office in Ottawa uh, suggests that that number could be as much as $4 billion a year in savings. And there are other things that we can do to make sure that we're working as effectively and efficiently as possible. And the important thing to understand is we're already spending probably upwards of more than $30 billion each year 
on prescribed medicines through public plans, private plans, and out of pocket. And so there's a tremendous amount of money already being spent. We need to spend that money smarter. Christina Acri is a senior fellow with the Fraser Institute. She's just done a study on how the pharmaceutical industry might react to Canada's desire to get drug costs under control. Good morning. Tell me about your study. What did you uh, set out to accomplish with it? So the study is a review of proposed changes to Canada's pharmaceutical pricing regulations and the changes that will happen with the PMPRB. So we look at the proposal and what that impact will mean for actual Canadian patients. And unfortunately, the news is not good. It looks like the changes may result in fewer therapies being available to Canadians and less innovation taking place. So this is the price that Canadians may pay if costs for medications are lowered. That's exactly right. The aim of the the changes is to keep prices at a lower level, which may result in some therapies disappearing from the market completely. Are the drug manufacturers the, uh, the reasons for this? It's a combination of their response, but it's more centered on the decisions of the Canadian government. So the government in, in part of the proposal is looking to change the reference countries that are used to set prices in, in Canada, and they're going to remove the United States and Switzerland from that mix and add seven countries that are somewhat less like Canada and with economies that mirror less the Canadian economy than, say, the United States and Switzerland currently do, resulting in a median price that will be lower. Um, and in response to that, some innovators may decide that they don't want to be a reference country with a price that has to be set so low, and they may just decide not to sell in Canada. So it's not like the medications aren't being made, and it's not like they aren't be available in certain instances. It's just that um, if the manufacturers cannot recover what they believe to be a fair price, they just won't make the, the uh, pharmaceuticals available in this country. That's exactly right. It goes a little bit beyond that in that Canada is a reference country for a lot of other economies. And if the price in Canada goes down significantly, there'll be a ripple effect across the globe. And companies may just decide that they don't want to see global prices fall to that extent and therefore may not bring their products into Canada. Well, I suppose extrapolating that to an extreme, if every country uh, decided to follow Canada's example and prices were lowered across the board around the world, uh, what would the pharmaceutical companies do? I believe that they would probably stop innovating, that there wouldn't be an incentive to introduce anything to any market. If you weren't able to recover your costs of development and research, then therapies and cures would just disappear. You may be aware that uh, the federal government is uh, is just in the process of launching a national online survey on proposals to bring in a pharmacare structure in this country. Uh, and, and I guess that's part and parcel of, of the study that you have done uh, with respect to uh, pricing set out by the Patented Medicine Prices Review Board. They are definitely related. So this is a regulatory change that they're looking at, and Pharmacare would be an additional program that would provide drugs to the Canadian population from a, from a federal level. Uh, does your study conclude that the federal government should pause in its uh, pursuit of this particular goal and say, what are the consequences, potentially? I think it does. 
Yes, I think there are there are a lot of questions that remain to be answered. I think the implications of this study, um, the implications of the proposed changes as shown by this study, are still very much unknown. I think that these are significant policy changes that will have implications that need to be nailed down before they're pursued. In the course of doing your study, did you talk to representatives of the pharmaceutical industry? I was in some contact with some firms, yes. Okay. So you're you're getting first-person singular kinds of uh, feedback to the question of what they would do if prices fell uh, and, and um, you know, how they might respond. It's a little more general, a little more vague than that because nobody knows exactly what the extent of the price change will be or how this will be implemented. The devils are in the details and they still need to be worked out. So it's possible to speak hypothetically about what this, how this might play out, but it's, it's not really known yet. And I suppose the other question is that a lot of this work that's being done by the the um, the drug companies hasn't yet gotten to the stage where generics are uh, available, and and so they may not be an option uh, for some of the most recent therapies and some of the. Uh, perhaps more expensive therapies that are really life-saving for patients with particular ailments. That's exactly right. The PMPRB actually only regulates the prices of patented drugs. So the generic drugs, the drugs that are not on patent are not regulated. And in those cases, for the drugs where there isn't a generic available, if the therapy itself is not available, it really disadvantages Canadian patients. Christina Acri is a senior fellow at the Fraser Institute. Dr. Hoskins is inviting Canadians to participate in the online consultation on Pharmacare. Again, the details can be found at www.letstalkhealth.ca slash Pharmacare. Well, we want Canadians to tell us uh, the challenges that they face directly as individuals. Uh, maybe they have a rare disease or maybe they've got a chronic illness uh, and we want to understand uh, if they're able to access medicines uh, well, uh, why that is. Perhaps they have private insurance, perhaps in their province or territory, uh, they're getting good coverage through the government plan. Uh, we want to hear from uh, Canadians as well in terms of how important it is to uh, support a national pharmacare program. And if there is cost involved, how, how might we best pay for that? As I mentioned, there are tremendous billions of dollars of savings in a national pharmacare plan. Uh, we want to hear from Canadians in terms of uh, what's working for them, uh, what's not working for them, and their ideas on how to shape this program. Dr. Eric Hoskins, Chair of the Advisory Council on Pharmacare. The Council is due to table its findings to Parliament in the spring of 2019. Back with more in a moment on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.